Bigger than Capes. Give me some silence. Hello, welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach, and this week I'm joined by Angela. How are you doing, Angela? I'm doing all right, thank you. That was my most, like, fake telephone presenter's voice, and I... Yeah. Nothing I can do about it now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, How have you been? It's been about seven days, and... Yeah, it's been... If that... No, I might not even be that at time of recording. Uh, it's been some days. They have existed. I have lived through them. You been busy in the last few days? I don't know. I've I've not been terribly busy. I I have because I wrote that article um, for biggerthancapes.com. For those of you who haven't checked out <laughs> our website, shameless plug. Um, I have been diving back into the classic Valiant and being baffled and confused and. Uh, puzzled at every turn and loving every minute of it it's i mean as as your article does explain it's a complicated universe that if you read from the start in order all the way through yeah does make sense yeah but that's incredibly difficult to do (laughs) yes yeah i have been i found i have finally got my lovely foil covered exo mano number one um which you know i've been after that a while um so yeah but i am missing the fact that we don't have comic book fairs anymore because if you're looking for classic valiant the way to pick it up and pick it up cheaply is to go to your comic book your secondhand comic book fairs and they haven't happened for like 12 (laughs) months so i've been forced to go to the scalpers on ebay and it's been painful I am very aware that just before um, lockdown started for the first time, I was meant to be going to a comic book fair to pick up the like slipcase collection of the Unity trades. Oh, yes. Um, Which I still haven't got. And as it's now a year on, I feel like the chances of that guy still holding on to that for me are pretty slim at this point. You never know, he might have it in his, you know, somewhere in a cupboard. <laughs> somewhere, with somewhere. my name scrawled across it. Yeah. Like Zach promised he'd buy this in yeah. at the <laughs> tail end of 2019 and now. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I always felt that that was going to be the easiest way to read, you're going to see. And it's probably not. Probably it, not. It, 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 well, the thing is, is it sort of plays into, which rereading some of these other ones, I have now realised that, little bits of unity still sneak their way into the even non-unity issues yeah out into everything it's just everywhere it's just all over the place and yeah it's unless you've read you i mean thank god i've read unity i don't understand it but i've read it so i have some knowledge so when they bring stuff up like hey so this happened when they were in the far away future weirdness land and i'm like oh yes i remember that there were dinosaurs um and there is there is a great joke actually in rise zero where jeff runs to see Eric, and Eric's still a dick um he doesn't listen to jeff god Some i things hate never Eric. change 
I hate Eric so much. Um, and just like, you've got to listen to me. It's like, yeah, well, last time I listened to you, I got bitten in half by a dinosaur. Um, I'm not helping That's you. That's pretty strong, though, to be fair. I mean, yeah, but he still doesn't, you know, he's still a dick, so. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because Unity always almost feels like the kind of event that because it happens outside of reality. Yeah, it shouldn't affect everything. And yeah. Yeah, people probably should have had like a whole mind wipe, don't really remember it situation. Yeah, but no, they remember but... everything that happens. <laughs> and it feeds into everything they do constantly. I, I There's little callbacks. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. That Yeah, that is really weird. I had... It's been a while since I've done any 90s Valiant reading, but inevitably I will at some point do some more of it, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I've i still got a lot. I know the la- when we last could go to comic book fairs, I did yeah. pick up like a big chunk of secret weapons. and. Yes, you did, yeah. Which I've still not touched. It's, <laughs> just didn't seem like it was time and... Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. There's so much 90s Valiant that I feel like I want to check out, but in reality, I know that's not entirely true. I I know both of us have picked up some stuff from, like, the later 90s Acclaim era that we don't really need. Um, No. I I know I've got some issues of stuff, like, is it called Punks? That was, like... Oh, God, yeah. Keith Giffen, I think there's only, like, three issues. I think I might have all three of those, and I've not read any of it, and I've I've got some real (sighs) Acclaim-era garbage that... I will say, (laughs) the Acclaim stuff is, in a way, easier, because... There's less issues of most titles, <laughs> and it's just that is true. And there's not this vast universe-spanning event that you must read in order in order to understand. It's much more random, and in a way easier, and also that makes it worse. Mm, very much, very much true. Very, very much true. Very much so. Very true. It's. I don't know. I. I've only read all the way through Quantum and Woody and Garth Ennis's Shadow Man from the Acclaim yeah, era. which are the best two books from that era. And that's saying something because the, the Shadow Man book is not great. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, when you stack it up against Ninjak... Oh, yeah, five stars. Yeah, uh, yeah. Five stars, would recommend. Um, yeah, exactly. Definitely check out Garth Ennis's Shadow Man. It's basically what was allegedly going to be the plot for the video game but yeah no one's really sure what the plot for the video game is um <laughs> no acclaim certainly weren't oh uh, mental um okay so <laughs> other than valiant diving any anything yes. else or <laughs> no well i aside from graffiti's wall the graphic novel which we i believe we are discussing we, we are allegedly yeah um i'm i've started vagrant queen but i haven't got very far with it yet um, okay because i have a physical copy but it came with some of the pages cut in half so it's not exactly been an easy read it's been like one of those flip books where you can change mm-hmm. things around uh-huh. so yeah it's i'm slowly I... trying to read that without the thing falling apart it's not hard it's hard I do like Vagrant Queen a lot. Um, I started reading the second volume and never finished it, which I need to do at some point. And um, 
I also started the TV show and only watched about two episodes, so I need to do that as well. But let me know what you think at the end of that. Vagrant Queen is, I feel like it is entirely your kind of book. Yeah, from what I've read so far, I am enjoying it. And I would probably enjoy it more if the pages were whole, to be honest. That's yeah, I mean, that's, that's something of a requirement, I think. Yeah, because I'm like, well, I could I could get another, you know, but if you have to return it, it's a lot of effort in a pandemic. Mm. Um, and also, do I want to spend out yet more money on digital? At the moment, I'll just cope with my little weird copy that the pages are in various pieces and i will read it and then if i enjoy it that much i probably will buy it in another format anyway so <laughs> i'm not really helping myself here am i <laughs> there's there's something about uh the comic books that are cut in half that does seem to happen too frequently for my liking and um it never happens with regular books does it you never pick up like no. you never go to waterstones and start reading your book and go, oh no all of this is sliced in half <laughs> Yeah. But for some reason with comics, the um, spines that have been kind of crinkled, yeah. pages that haven't been cut properly and then have been folded over to try and hide yeah. the shame. <laughs> my my favourite was, I can't even remember what it was, but it was, I think it was Captain America, The Winter Soldier. I think it was the second volume or the first volume of that bit of mm. the room. And the cover said Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and inside was a completely different book. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I have to ask, how long did it take you to realise? <laughs> Pretty early on, because I can't remember what the book was, which is really bad, and I've got rid of it now, but it had a green-haired lady in it, and I didn't remember any green-haired lady. Oh, God, lady. was it sword? Oh, like agents of like the. It wasn't even a Marvel book. It wasn't even a Marvel book. I think it was an image. I think it was an image book. Oh, I know. It's uh, is it Aphrodite? Yes. Beautiful. Yes. So that was a bit. That is a solid swerve. I. Oh, that's. I don't even know how it happened because if it was a Marvel book, it would have made sense. I mean, it wouldn't have been great, but it's like, oh, the printers just got the PDF mixed up. Yeah, yeah. it's to be complete. That's that's (laughs) brilliant. It's in a in a horrible way. That's great. I wish I'd hung on to it as like a relic of bad comic production. But I've um, uh, I had something recently. I think it was. I can't think what book it was where it had the same chapter twice in it. That was, that was novel. I've also had something where some of the pages were upside down. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how it happens, but it seems, it seems sad and frequently enough that it's a little bit ridiculous. It's annoying. It's like you say, this doesn't, I mean, I work in a library, so I know that sometimes print books will be missing pages and things like that. Yeah, but, it does happen. But- print books it's extremely rare compared to comic books where it seems to happen far too frequently yeah i think everybody i know who reads comics has had at least one strange experience with trades i was gonna try and make that a segue but i don't know how (laughs) um so screw it let's just run with it uh so you know Speaking of strange experiences with trades, let's talk yeah. about our sponsor. <laughs> yes. 
somewhere <laughs> where hopefully you will be able to get your comic books and your trades and your graphic novels in a form that is readable and is the correct comic book for the cover, which is, uh, you know... Nailed it. That's the thing, yeah. And, and those people are travelling, man, I believe. They are, and they're based in Manchester, Leeds, York and Newcastle. Um, there are comic book suppliers when we when we're allowed to go there which kind of we can because they're doing click and collect and they're available online at travelingman.com um they also sell as angela's eager to point out funko pops (laughs) board games rpgs cgs magic the gathering cards um other stuff but there there are guys and uh shout out to them for surviving in this yes. strangest of times yeah here's here's to the day when we can actually visit a comic book shop again <laughs> man that'll be a novelty i cannot wait to 2025 <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah. um so also in in the kind of sponsors line that i insist on trying to pan off as a sponsor manchester comic book club is, yeah! where, is where we came to Graffiti's Wall, which was our March book. And our next book in April will be Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. We'll still be online, I assume. So yeah. people from all over are welcome to join us. You can find us online at Manchester Comic Book Club Facebook yeah. group. Yeah, um, Facebook group. And there is a Twitter also. There's a Manc- Twitter. Which is, is that Mank Comic Book? <laughs> Bank comic book, I wish it was something better. Yeah. But Manchester Comic Book Club was too long. MCBC was taken. I Yeah. Uh, we're also on Instagram for some reason. <laughs> um, I've not checked out the Instagram page. I must do that. Not a lot on it. I can't lie. I, for some reason, I'm, I'm determined that Instagram is the best platform for, like, comic book related stuff because obviously it's a visual medium and it scans yeah. but it seems like anyone who's interested in the book club is unaware of that <laughs> <laughs> um, we should do a poll of the book club and just say look guy how many of you are aware of the instagram page because <laughs> it's not enough because <laughs> it's not no um but yeah, I'm. I, we're on most of the social medias, so hit us up, and we will add you to the Skype, and we will hang out and talk comics, and that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so on with the business then. Um, yes. Our our March meeting was about Graffiti's Wall. Yes. Written by Rom V, drawn by Anand RK, lettered by. Aditya Bidikar, which I can't say as fast as Matt, and it still pains me. Yeah. Um, and coloured by Anandar K, Jason Wordy, and Irma Nivilla? Irma Nivilla? Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, uh, pronunciation of names is not the easiest. Yeah, I, I am terrible at pronunciations of names, and I am sorry if I've <laughs> if I've done any of these ones wrong. Yeah. But I, I think I've nailed it all. I festivals. think, yeah, I think they're all right. Yeah. Um, Graffiti's Wall was originally published in 2018 through Unbound, which is like a it's, crowdfunding type deal. Yes, yes. So people pledge to get the book made and then Unbound make the book and then share profits with the creators of the book. 
entirely that. Thank you, Angela. You're welcome. Um, and I think you can still get the digital version through Unbound because I got it from them last year. Um, there's also a nice hardback expanded edition available through yeah. Dark Horse, which came out mid-2020. No, yes, mid-2020, but seems to be that it just disappears from online book places and then reappears is, is what I found. This was originally going to be our January book club book. And when I looked like on Amazon in December, <laughs> they they swore it wasn't out yet. Yeah, so. they were like, "No, this has not been published. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous." Yeah, um, but it is, so you can get it, and it is real. I think you know, I've got it. Yeah. I I assume you've got it. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I go. have. Yeah, um, it is not available on Comicology or anything like that, though. Which is it's a bit it's cringy. weird. I don't know whether that's because of Unbound. Maybe they have, like, the exclusive uh, digital like rights. Yeah, is what I'm wondering. That could be true, you know. I I hadn't thought about it, but... And I haven't looked on Dark Horse's website to see if they've got, like, a digital edition either. So that's a, that's a good point. Maybe yeah. it's the kind of Unbound digital versus Dark Horse hardcovery. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, the expanded edition, um, worth pointing out, I suppose, basically includes an uh, like a forward introduction type thing from Kieran Gillen, who you might know from other comics. Yeah. Um, also includes a third <laughs> afterward from Aditya Bidikar, I believe, is if I'm correct. Yeah. Talking about the process of lettering. Uh, we've also got some kind of arts design pages from Anand RK to round us off, which is um, all all quite a nice little addition. I think it's yeah, some, See, some nice process things. I've just re- I have an actual Unbound one. Hoo hoo! Interesting. Which and I can tell you what's in the un- Unbound version if you get it. You have a you don't have a lot of extra stuff in it. You get basically a letter from the founders of Unbound saying, hey, isn't our publishing idea amazing? Um, That's why you know so so much about how that works, Angela. See, I know, I've known. And then you get letters from Ron V and Anand R.K. at the back um, with a little biography of who the people who worked on it are. And then a list of the supporters. um, And Kieran Gillen is indeed a supporter. Can confirm from the list there. He is on the supporters list, along with a couple of other names that are vaguely familiar to me. Yeah, there's there's some significant names in the supporters list. It's interesting because I, I purposely got the Dark Horse Expanded Hardback because I've got the digital version from Unbound and I um, wanted to see what the difference was. <laughs> yeah, you see, I just went for because we didn't know that it existed or not or read. <laughs> Online retailers didn't know whether it existed Yeah, or you not. had to get what you could get, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that was my choice. It's good, you know, we've got comparisons to make. We we'll, have. We'll, we'll take a poll and see how many people could find the Unbound edition in, yeah, in the wild. Many. Yes, as it exists. So before we dive into Graffiti's Wall, I, I am going to state that this is by Rom V. Yes. And we have something of a storied history of just adoring Rom V and yeah. the 
other guys involved in White Noise Collective, White Noise yeah. Studios, whatever they're currently going by. Um, so I'm going to try and be like, you know, within reason and approach this as if people have not heard our previous talks yeah. about Paradiso and um, that might actually be the only Rom V book we've talked about. I think that is the only one because we did... <laughs> In in a previous podcast life, children, um, we did a white, a very white noise Christmas. We did. Um, we did, and that was one of that was one of the books that we did. Yes, yes, it is. And but I don't think we've had chance to talk about some of his other stuff, which is also very good. Yes, I, I mean spoilers. I like this book a lot. <laughs> spoilers. I agree with you. <laughs> so. In a, in a nutshell, Graffiti's Wall is the story of four teenagers in Mumbai from quite poor neighbourhoods. Yep. Um, who are all quite creative in different ways and are kind of brought together just because, really. We don't really find out why. They, what you get, <laughs> you certainly get, like, Jay and Graffiti seem to have known each other for a while it's yeah. un- it's unclear how the other two come into it, apart from the fact they hang around with them. They're just all in the same place. Yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, that's how that is how people make friends a lot of times. It's true. Um, and it kind of follows their story over a, a, a brief snapshot of time in Mumbai. Yep. And it's it's I guess it's kind of a coming of age story, but also kind of a story about arts and about being an outsider and yeah and about <laughs> your place in the world and the city of mumbai itself and what it does to people yeah all, all those things um i don't know if you've seen but there was a recent interview article about place in comic with rom v through i think it was sketched.com um where they were talking about like um the different perceptions of of a city and how different people will always mm. view it differently and remember being there differently and interesting stuff but yeah something that i guess isn't often depicted and um romvi talks about how you know anand rk's view of mumbai as someone who still lives there and um, uh, Aditya Bidikar's view of Mumbai will differ from his own because he lived there when he was younger and then he's bounced around which is it's interesting I think it does yeah. all inform the version of Mumbai that we see here which yes there is it feels a little bit autobiographical in a way yeah definitely has vibes of that I think especially when you bring into it stuff like Graffiti um, or Suresh, to, to real name him for a minute there, <laughs> um, as a character, kind of as an artist. And then obviously we've got Anand R.K., who is an artist. I feel like you get yeah vibes from that. And Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. And then there's stuff about uh, Chasma being a writer, which obviously then... You know, wrong. yeah. There's yeah. a whole, there's a whole thing here for the autobiographical argument. I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. There um, are definite parallels between the creators and the characters, and it definitely comes through. 
Yeah, and I like that. I like that this feels like both a work of fiction, but also an autobiographical or semi-autobiographical yeah. depiction of teenage life in Mumbai. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I... I really don't want to do this. I feel really bad and I it, it pains me to do it. But quite often people say, you know, well, the city is really a character in its own right. Yeah, people often say that, <laughs> but it literally is in this. This is, this is one of those examples where that is the truth and isn't just yeah. something that's being said to fill space. Um, and I think that's the thing, whilst Mumbai is a, a predominant, like, character within graffiti's wall it's also a interesting landscape for suresh jay chasma and Syra. Syra nailed it got all four well done that's what i do and um it's just good in it yeah yeah (laughs) it's yeah it's just really really good it's got it's got everything in there. It's got the art is really because the art of the city is interesting because it's you've got like it's a mix of simple and yet detailed art, which sounds really cheesy and weird, but you'll just have but like it is true. That is exactly what it is. Yeah, it's simple yet detailed. You'll have like a block of color in the background of a panel. And then you'll have a person and that will be really detailed or it'll be a room and the colour of the room is fairly standard and, you know, it's just one colour, there's no real shading. But there'll be huge amounts of detail in the items that you see in the room. And it's just really clever because it gives you that feeling of it, it is a graphic novel but also it's it feels real in a way because you've got all that detail in there and it's almost like if you were wandering through these places and seeing these people you might just not notice the background as much you might just zero in on yeah. these little details as if you're actually there with them and it makes it a bit more real i completely agree i think you've You've done a great job with that explanation. Well done. Um, it's it's just really captures that kind of busy, chaotic, and energetic vibe of a city. I think, yeah, throughout which I think it's rare. I think a lot of the time we see people trying to depict, you know, the vibes of a city. A great example is. Uh, we talked about Savage like a week we ago. We did, yes. And whilst we all liked Savage and it's set in London, I don't feel like they ever nail that the, it's London. That it's London or the feel or energy of it. And I, I feel like they do in this. I mean, okay, I, I've not been to Mumbai. <laughs> No, so, nor have so I. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Mumbai is nothing like this. But there's kind of a chaotic nature. The scenes when we see Jay driving his like um his bike through the streets and they're all just packed with cars and it looks insane. And I, I yeah. think the the energy and the feeling behind it is all very real. I think Anandar K's art is as important to this whole yeah. piece as 
Ron V is writing is. I think together they create they paint a really vibrant, emotional and energetic kind of picture of a city on the other side of the world to us. Yeah. And it it's definitely because sometimes we're you know, you'll think, oh yeah, that is the writer and that is the artist. This feels like it's completely a collaboration all the way through. Yeah. It doesn't ever feel like, well, clearly notes were given here or clearly the artist went off and did their own thing here. It through every single panel, you think, yeah, they both knew what was going on and it's everything that they want to convey is conveyed in both the art and the writing because it's all together. It, it's seamless. It is. It is. <laughs> it, it really is. And I, I think as a creative team, I think from writing through to art, through to letters, through to colors, it's one of the most like cohesive, well-structured graphic yeah. novels I've read in a long time and I, I really enjoyed rereading it as well I think um when I first read it last year I thought it was great and I still do now which I think is a good sign that going back to it yeah it's still real real good still Angela. good, it's still good. It's, it is it's got <laughs> a lot of impact I mean I sort of I started off I read the first bit of chapter one or yeah we do call them chapters don't we yeah so yeah. i sort of read chapter one and i liked it but then by the time i get to chapter two i just literally didn't stop i was just like no i need to read more of this and i need to read more of it right now and sometimes i will admit with a comic i kind of i'm a bit of a lazy reader in that i don't look over every panel and I don't pay attention and I'm just like you know particularly if there's a lot of words and I'm too busy reading all the words to concentrate on much else but here I did actually take the time to read every panel to look at every panel and actually go oh what's good and actually spend time on each page taking it all in and that's not something I do with every book I can probably count on one hand the number of times it's happened in the last 12 months. But here, I definitely, I was like, no, I need to actually properly read every panel because every single panel is doing something. It is adding to the story in some way. And a lot of the time, that's emotional rather than plot because it's not a traditional plot. It's, it's yeah. a, you know, it things happen events happen in an order thus there is a plot <laughs> but, well said yeah but more than that it's every single panel has something to say about some you know it's either reflecting the city or it's emotion to do with the characters and yeah it, it's rare that there's no filler there's no filler at all in this like every single bit of it is important there's not a single panel that just didn't need to be there it all needed to be there because it's all got something to contribute to the Mm. overall story and yeah that's really good and you don't get that with every book it's it's not as common as i'd like it to be (laughs) yeah i i completely agree i think yeah Every little bit of Graffiti's Wall is kind of grasping for your attention and completely deserves it. And yeah. 
it does make me wish that we got more books that felt this way and this kind of it, it feels like it's a, a, a book that is close to the heart of Ron V and Anandake and I would assume everybody involved, which yeah. is nice. Um, as you said about, you know, just reading chapter one and going straight to chapter two, it's a similar thing I had with um, Black Mumba, which was Ron V's yes. other like crowdfunded book. I think you can still pick it up through Etsy, or at least you could at one point. Yes, I got it at Thought Bubble a couple of years ago. Yeah, I it's, remember. It's well worth having. It's and that- so good, yeah. And that is another book that I think is like, you start reading it and it's four short stories and you think, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll read one and I'll put it down. And you just don't. You, you, <laughs> no, you, you don't. <laughs> you read all of it and then you yeah. think, maybe I'll read it again. It's okay. And I think this is a similar feel that it feels like four short stories that are interlinked, but not. Yeah. I, I think you could read any issue of this alone. Well, not even issue. Each. I feel like you could read the chapters of this book on their own and it would still feel yeah. like a well-told story. So yeah um unless i'm mistaken the chapters are are what goes up yeah jungle shooter yeah american chop suey yeah and bombay talkies that seems right cool 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 cool. seems right but totally know what they're called yeah all the characters and all the chapter names you see i'm I'm on fire today but yeah each each one does have a coherent beginning and middle and end even within the whole thing yeah and it's interesting because even though we we so we see chasma appear in i think the second chapter and then he is more predominant the third chapter focuses on his story yeah. as someone from china who has moved to mumbai for university and is working in a chinese restaurant and it kind of talks about some quite difficult subjects like the racism he has to deal with whilst yeah um working in mumbai and it is interesting isn't it because it although it is a kind of light-hearted story at times i think it's oh it goes dark a lot darker at others and deals with yeah. like yeah deals with tough subjects to deal with in a really i guess sensitive balanced way so it doesn't feel like yeah because it's never like hey we're making a comment about immigration here it's done really naturally and you can completely believe that it is based on actual experience about, yeah, this is, this is what it's like. Yeah. And I think that's really, I think it's important to be able to deal with tough issues in a way that feels natural and feels like it does. It's the way to bring things up in conversation. And I think as we've said, this is a story largely about people who are the outsider. And in the case of someone like Chasma, we do see that he talks a lot about rejection and he talks a lot about hate. So his whole thing is that he writes letters essentially to no one at times. Yeah. We never find out who this mysterious Mary he writes to is, do we? I assumed it was his sister, but I don't I, think we're ever told. We're never that. explicitly. T- I assumed it was a person, but we never find out exactly who she is. 
it, yeah. And then and then he just writes random letters to people and gives them out. Yeah, and he says he's written letters to Suresh and Jay and whoever, people he knows, but then people have been quite harsh with him and quite um, angry towards him at times and that he has to deal with rejection because of it. But he feels like being on the outskirts of Mumbai is as close to acceptance as he's going to get, which is incredibly sad, but interesting and almost, I think almost borders on the relatable in some ways. Yeah. They're all very relatable in different ways because they've all got hopes and dreams and all the rest of it. And as teenagers, everyone has hopes and dreams and sometimes you don't have the control in your life to achieve those hopes and dreams, which unfortunately is the case for some of them here. I mean, Jay's story is just like the most tragic because he was so close to actually getting his dream. And ironic, it's like, ironically, like he takes the drugs. He's like, no, you don't want to do that. And he just has this little packet of drugs. And I'd forgotten about that. Until yeah. he gets captured by the corrupt police officer who's like, yeah, I've caught you with drugs. And it's like, the only reason he has those is because he was trying to help his yeah, friend. Yeah, he was doing the right thing. He was doing, and even when he does the right thing, it's backfired on him. So no wonder he has no faith in legitimate enterprise and actually getting a, you know, normal job that doesn't pay as much as slightly illegal activities even though the price of those illegal activities personally and emotionally is quite high for him it's it's really really tragic but that's the thing it's like yeah he's a drug runner and yeah he delivers drugs around and he's a criminal but he's also really sympathetic because this is not a situation of his own making in a mm. way this is a situation that through one reason or another he's sort of been forced into and that's quite relatable sometimes we've had a choice and we make the wrong choice or sometimes we don't have a choice or sometimes making the right choice leads to terrible consequences so yeah it's really relatable in that this is how real life is it's not happy you know fairy tales all the time um mm. it is it sucks at times and even doing the right thing doesn't always help you in the end it's really that's a because it's normally in these stories the hero learns a lesson or you know a character learns a lesson like he did the right thing and he realizes the right thing is the good thing because good things will come out of it and he's doing the right thing and all it brings him is pain and suffering and it's like that's a more realistic outcome and that's a more painful outcome for the character but that's what life's like you can't predict it well well said there you go I'm going very deep. Quite, quite deep. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm impressed is, with us. This um, is really deep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I do think it's interesting because I, I think the group of characters we get are sympathetic and are relatable, and I think no matter where you're from or who you are, you've you've probably known someone who you can see in one of these people. You've probably yeah. maybe you've known the artist who's struggling maybe you've known the struggling artist or the writer who doesn't know how to achieve what they want or the rapper who's 
<laughs> made terrible mistakes or the actress who never quite get the opportunity she thinks she's trying to get or she's going to get yeah. and i think whilst that's a very simplified version of explaining these four characters um i i do think that it that especially if you if you know or are a creative person there's something to yeah see of yourself or see of people you know in this story um which is good and i think it helps make it feel like more than a coming of age story and more than just the sum of its parts there we go more than just the sum of its parts parts. yes nice Nice. phone down i'm going um (laughs) (laughs) but whilst we've we've focused on the artwork quite heavily and you have to it's it's real real good there are also um some bits of dialogue that oh yeah I loved the first time. I loved the second. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two examples if you've got anything by all means. The cool. first one is there's a bit where Suresh talks to Jay after he's been saved from the corrupt police officer, Inspector Saab, choose his yep. character. Ooh, nailing it. Uh, where Suresh talks about the fact that he, you know, does his graffiti in the places he shouldn't because he likes the idea of sneaking into someone else's world and leaving a mark. And that they have to erase it, but they can't unsee it. And that's a simplified version. Yeah. But oh, it's it's good it's stuff. It's really that's, good. That's, I think it's one of my favourite pages of this book. I think it is uh, relatable and understandable. I think it completely puts. I think it completely tells you who Suresh is in life. Yeah. A handful of lines and i think that is really expertly done and i think it's even in yeah. kieran gillen's um intro i think that's something he quotes yes it is so uh, kieran gillen agrees with me so i'm right I, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, there's also right at the end um i say right at the end there's probably about 20 pages to go at this point towards the end there's also a page with and this confused me because at first I thought it was one character's narration, but I think this is also Suresh. So yeah. <laughs> I think most of the narration is Suresh. Yeah, but it looks like it's, yeah, Chasmus, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's the, and perhaps what that's what, this is what brought us all together, that we were all in that moment in our lives in love with the promise of things to come. Yeah. Which feels like one of the most like classic literature esque. It's very literary in the best way. Yeah, and it's it is good though. And even though it feels like something that's been lifted from a much older work of yeah. fiction, it's it it's it is good. And I, I you know, it, it could have easily been in like Catching the Rye or that yeah. kind of older coming of age type story yeah but oh, it's, it's, it's th- so good they're good lines angela they're really good i mean i'm gonna go with there's a couple that i picked out which is the american chop suey conversation that chasma yep. has um with yai i think his name is and he's talking about what you put in american chop suey and then when people eat it 
they like it, but you know, they're not going to know every, you know, you can't figure out all the ingredients. Um, and that's what Mumbai's like. That's what the city's like. It's this combination of all these different things. And that's what makes it good. Like American chop suey. And then also at the end, there's that whole bit. Where is, yeah, just, it's literally the last few pages, few pages before we get back to the final moment at the wall where it's like the choice that Chasma has to have this choice we all make do we embrace the reality of our lives and find beauty in it or do we fly Mm. in search of escape only to find beauty in the bittersweet realization of its futility and that's the moment when you find out what sort of grown-up you'll be and that's like really really good man (laughs) that's just yeah um Oh, it's it's so good, and <laughs> yeah, I just mm. yeah, yeah. It's like if that was, <laughs> you know, if this was, if those were words in a novel, it would be taught in English literature classes. Is the point? <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. Is there's, you know, these are the sorts of things that you know would be discussed by students in universities, literature wise. And it's it's in a it's in a beautiful comic book. Yeah, um, and that's that's why I get cross when people sort of say, "Yeah, but comic books." And it's like comic yeah, books comic are, books. but comic <laughs> books they are as literary, literally, literally, literature. They are as valuable <laughs> as literature. There's probably a word for that, but we'll go with that. As anything that you just get in a prose book because those words are really impactful and it's it's extra impactful because you can see the expression on the characters faces as they're saying it so teach more graphic novels in school (laughs) is my opinion on that one i i completely agree and i think it's it's something that we've seen in a lot of rom v's work i think he's written some of the best comics the last few years and um as we've called out uh, black mumba is really good there's uh, some really really good stuff in there as well yeah yeah i also think obviously it was was very celebrated these savage shores is a really great um really different kind of i guess vampire story is in, yeah. in its core but vampire story in a completely different way than you've ever had drawing on Indian mythology and things we just don't have in any medium, not just comics, Um, which is a really good read. Uh, I think Paradiso, as we've said before, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the full speech, but Paradiso Mm. is good. And Um, that's that's another one that cities, cities are important people. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, that's a good point. Is Black Mumba's set in Mumbai as well? Yes, it is. Yeah, um, but I think we see a very different kind of Mumbai in. Well, that's done from the perspective of a, the first story. That is the one that really impacted me about the dog and the yeah. God, that ripped my heart out yeah. all over it. That's <laughs> that was from the point of view. Was he a detective? Yeah, I think they're all from yeah. the point of view of the detective. Yeah, but drawn by different artists and different. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Black Mumba's real good. We'll do an episode on that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Green and Blue, which 
who came out last year through Image, which is um, also Ramvi and Anandake, which is jazz noir horror. <laughs> that is a genre, yeah. Um, definitely worth checking out if you're into horror. And it's Anandake's art, but completely different. It's got more of a kind of Dave McKean, Arkham mm. Asylum styling, which we kind of see... Okay, you don't see with the Unbound version, but you can kind of see no. that style of artwork in his, like, process artwork at the back of the uh. expanded edition. You can see that there are different styles that he does. And so, yeah, blue and green, very different, but very cool, um, which I would definitely recommend. We've also got... They've got a new book coming out. So Rom V and Ananda K have got a new book coming out through Vault, which we've mentioned before, which is Radio Apocalypse. Yes. I can't wait. I that, that looks really good. <laughs> I think it's definitely going to appear in our I think it'll be our April roundup. It's yeah, so, I think we've already earmarked that for yeah, a roundup, I'm, haven't we? Yeah. So I don't have a lot more to say about graffiti as well. I don't I probably could. But I think for the... Yeah, I think the thing is, is there isn't anything bad about it. Like, there's nothing... No, there's I, nothing I have no complaints. Nitpick. I think that when we tend to discuss a book more is when we don't understand something or something doesn't work or something's not quite right or something along those lines. When we have issues with the book, as it were. Yeah. Whereas here, it's just a damn good book and people should read it and it's just really good. Like the writing's great, the art's great. There's not a single part of this I don't love to bits. So I I agree. I think every member of the creative team does a great job. I think uh, Bideka's lettering is... I was going to say, should we mention the lettering? Because that has been... (laughs) That that is who we are. That is who we are. So. We are justice for letterers. Um, yeah, because the lettering is really good, like everything else. But yep. it it's almost like what I like is it's almost at times it's almost like handwritten. Yeah, which I mean, works especially when we're focusing on stuff like uh, Chasma's story about writing letters. Yeah. The handwritten vibes definitely benefit it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to, here's a thing to throw out. You actually see some of his writing as well. Like you have a look into his notebook and you can see a page of his, his writing and his very descriptive and lovely writing. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just really good. <laughs> There's only so many times we can tell you how good it is. I, I'm fairly sure, and I, I've, I could be wrong, but I'm fairly sure that Aditya Bidikar did does talk about how he hand-lettered all of this. So it's not like a digital job. I think this is all his own yeah. painstakingly slow <laughs> handwritten. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, in the process work, I think he talks about the different style of lettering and, like, the Darwin Cook style and different things like that, which yeah. I guess we don't really look into the different versions of styling that we get as much as we probably should. I mean, okay, we, yeah. we, we, we apparently do. do. We That's do. who we've become we... doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But 
yeah cre credit where it's due from writing to art coloring to lettering this is this is real well done it is and i will say reading the epilogue i did cry when i read the epilogue <laughs> I, I i can get that just that last the very last image just got me i don't know why it just did that very last panel just really got i mean to be fair i was probably crying slightly before then but that yeah that last <laughs> bit i yeah. i do like it's that it's got that almost almost like 80s film thing of like telling you what happened to all the characters after yes. the story yeah which i i do like i do like it a lot um yeah. I think all, all I can really say at this point is people should go read Graffiti's Wall. And yeah, yeah, read it, I, and then reread it, and then read it again. Um, but yeah, read it. And I... It, it does bug me, and whilst I'm glad Ron V's career is going in a great direction and he's doing more work for Image and Vol and he's working for DC on... Uh, Swamp Thing, Future State, and Catwoman at the moment, and I, I think all that is great, and it's all things I'm interested in. Don't get me wrong, but I do wish this got more attention. I yeah, I think this is. I mean, Black Mamba's really good, but I think this is better. So I, I th think I this think is... they're good in different ways, yeah. and they show a lot of variety. But I, I yeah. think I'm a graphics wall kind of guy. <laughs> Yeah, it is a shame that this is this book should be way more, you know, it shouldn't have had to have gone on Unbound. I mean, thank goodness Unbound exists. And yeah. to be fair, he's probably got more money from Unbound than he would from some of them, the mainstream yeah, publishers. Yeah, that could be true. But at the same time, you're like, this should have been a book that should have just been published by somebody because it's that good. And it, yeah, it deserves to be better known because... Yeah. This is this is why you read comic books. I think that is completely fair. I think it, it takes a graphic novel of this quality to like really hammer home that this is why I'm into comics. This is yeah. what I'm here for. And I've got it's got to be said. I think Dark Horse needs to print Black Mamba. If, yeah. if that's, I mean, providing yeah. that's something that Rum V wants and something that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I think the world deserves Black Mamba, and more people need Graffiti's Wall. They do. Yeah. Zack out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know Mike, what I'm doing. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> but no, in conclusion, read Graffiti's Wall. I agree. It's the conclusion we've all reached. Yes. <laughs> so on that bombshell i say yeah. that too often i need to stop doing it we've been angela and zach and we will continue yeah. to be yeah <laughs> we will also continue to be bigger than capes and remember okay. that comics are bigger, bigger than, than capes, capes.